It's Wednesday, March the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Biden bans Russian oil and gas and problems with Poland's jet proposal. First, the world in brief. President Joe Biden announced a ban on all Russian oil and gas imports to America. He warned that Americans would face higher fuel prices as a result, which could worsen inflation. Last year, America imported around 8% of its oil and refined products from Russia. Britain said it would phase out Russian oil by the end of the year. Other European countries, which rely more heavily on Russian oil, have so far shown little enthusiasm for an embargo. But the EU plans to reduce its reliance on Russian gas by two-thirds this year. Poland claims to have made a deal with America to transfer all its MiG-29 fighter jets, a model that Ukrainian pilots are trained to operate, to a US airbase in Germany, although the Pentagon later said the idea was, quote, untenable. The warplanes would then have been transferred to Ukraine's air force. However, America worries that flying warplanes from NATO territory into disputed airspace might compromise its position of not interfering directly in the war. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine addressed Britain's House of Commons via video link from Kyiv, repeating calls for tougher sanctions against Russia and a no-fly zone over his country. Quote, We will continue fighting for our land, whatever the cost, he said, echoing Winston Churchill, Britain's Prime Minister during the Second World War. Quote, We will fight in the forests, in the fields, on the shores, in the streets. Fitch Ratings downgraded Russia's credit rating to the second lowest level and said that it believes a sovereign default is, quote, imminent. On Tuesday, Vladimir Putin signed a package of measures to try and cushion the blow from unprecedented Western sanctions and the exit from Russia of many foreign businesses. He also ordered the government to give extra subsidies to poor families and pensioners. Amid fears that food prices will spike, some Russians are stockpiling food prompting retailers to introduce caps. McDonald's said it would temporarily close its 850 restaurants in Russia. Calls to boycott the fast food chain had been growing on social media. Shell, an energy company, said it would stop buying Russian oil and gas. It apologised for buying Russian oil last week. The boss of Danon said the consumer goods firm would continue to operate in Russia because it had a, quote, responsibility to the people we feed. Around 1,000 foreign students were evacuated from Sumy, a city in northeastern Ukraine, along a, quote, humanitarian corridor. But Russian forces reportedly shelled a similar corridor near Mariupol. Russia has committed to protecting five such routes out of Ukrainian cities they are attacking. At least 21 civilians have been killed in Sumy, according to Ukrainian officials. The UN says over 2 million people have now fled the country. Other news. South Koreans went to the polls to elect the country's new president. Both candidates are widely disliked. Google said it would buy Mandiant, a cybersecurity company, for $5.4 billion. The firm will integrate with Google's growing cloud computing business. Record rainfall prompted flood warnings in Sydney, Australia's biggest city, 
about 80,000 people have been asked to evacuate. Floods in the region have killed 20 people since February 27th. And fact of the day, 1,899, the number of mining sites in the Venezuelan part of the Amazon basin. And now, here's today's agenda. Poland's role in the war. The West's most important gateway into Ukraine is via Poland. Around 60% of the 2 million refugees who have now fled the fighting have crossed the 530-kilometre, 330-mile border between the two countries. American and European weaponry is pouring the other way. Poland has sent its own ammunition convoy to Ukraine and plans to deliver mortars, drones and portable missile systems too. Flight data show an uptick in military aircraft flying in and out of Zhezhuv, the closest big airport to Ukraine on NATO territory. Poland's role as a military hub and its impressive response to the refugee crisis may help it patch up relations with its allies. It had fallen out with the EU which accused it of stacking its top court with cronies and harassing the media. It might now get a more sympathetic hearing. But it faces big risks too. The longer the war lasts, the more desperate Russia will be to destroy outside supply lines to Ukraine. South Korea's unappealing choice the ugliest presidential election campaign in 35 years of South Korean democracy ends on Wednesday. Voters are being offered either Yoon Sung-yoo, a gaff-prone former chief prosecutor with little political experience, or Lee Jae-myung, a populist former governor. Both men are mired in scandal. Mud has been slung in every direction. Despite record early voting, few South Koreans are relishing the choice. The final polls, taken on March 2nd, showed the two candidates to be neck and neck, with 40% each. Then, the next day, An Chiyosul, a third-party candidate polling at around 10%, added yet more uncertainty by throwing his lot in with Mr Yoon and his Conservative People Power Party. With numerous problems at polling stations this week and a violent attack on the boss of Mr Lee's ruling Minjul Party, a chaotic campaign has come to a chaotic end. South Koreans can only hope whoever wins will govern more soberly. Stimulus checks with Chinese characteristics Some economists now regret the size of America's fiscal easing last year. Generous, quote, stimmy checks, which the government sent to households, contributed to high inflation which will be exacerbated by the war in Ukraine. In China, things are different. Figures released on Wednesday showed that consumer prices rose by only 0.9% in February, compared with a year earlier. Food prices are lower than last year. The property downturn has depressed investment, and the ongoing fight against local outbreaks of COVID-19 has inhibited retail spending. In contrast with America, where the fiscal stance is tightening, China's government is now loosening its purse strings. The finance ministry this week revealed that public spending, 
broadly defined, would rise by 12.8%. The economy will need all the help it can get to meet this year's ambitious growth target of, quote, around 5.5%. A large chunk of money will be transferred to cash-strapped local governments, including county-level administrations. They will need to spend their stimmy checks well. The Enduring Danger of Lead After Algeria banned it last year, petrol with added lead, a powerful neurotoxin that can damage children's brains, is now outlawed everywhere. America phased it out from the 1970s. But its effects linger. A study by researchers at Florida State University estimates that, as children, 53% of American adults alive in 2015 were exposed to, quote, clinically concerning levels of lead. Of the cohort born between 1951 and 1980, over 90% of people were exposed. The researchers estimate that, on average, this led to a drop of 2.6 IQ points per person. The economic cost to America is likely to be in the hundreds of billions of dollars. Though levels are lower now, American children are still exposed to lead. America banned its use in new water pipes in 1986, but millions of older lead pipes are still in use. A study last year found that 83% of children in Nebraska had detectable levels of lead in their blood. Voices from Ukraine Kirill, teenage refugee Kirill is 14 years old, stretched tall and taut, with a pale elfin face and green eyes that dart from side to side, taking everything in. He recently arrived at a children's home in the north of Lviv, the western Ukrainian city that has seen an influx of refugees displaced by Russia's assault on the country. He and 40 other children travelled for 30 hours from their children's home in Makariv, 70 kilometres west of Kiev, the capital. Kiwil had gone to the children's home only last November. His mother died of cancer last year. He never knew his father. An older sister living in Russia and a brother in Kiev are in the process of organising legal guardianship. In Makariv, the children had spent several nights without electricity or water. Neighbours brought hot food. They could hear explosions, gunfire, helicopters and jets screaming. Quote, The small kids were frightened and crying all the time, he says. We covered our ears. The explosions were so loud. The older kids held the smaller ones on their laps, crammed into a minivan for the last leg of the trip to Lviv. Quote, Everyone was stressed when we arrived, says Kirill. Now he sleeps in a room with several mattresses on the floor, his made up with Winnie the Pooh sheets. Kirill reads fantasy novels and speaks a little English, picked up from gaming platforms. When he messaged a Russian gaming friend that he could hear the sounds of fighting in Makariv, his friend did not reply. Quote, It's calm now, so everyone is trying to get on with something, he says. Reading, listening to music trying to distract themselves from what is happening. A few girls in the next room work on a dance routine to celebrate International Women's Day on March 8th. But some kids, he explains, don't want to talk about the war. Quote, If you say something, they yell and tell you to shut up about it. 
Kirill wears a donated tracksuit. On his feet are blue plastic shower shoes. Quote, they are too small for me now, he says, but I keep them because my mother bought them for me. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which was the last province to enter the Confederation of Canada in 1949? Yesterday's question. What was the popular name of the Chinese rebellion against Western occupation between 1899 and 1901? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Robert Maplethorpe, who died on this day in 1989. Beauty and the devil are the same thing. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 